Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to a special bonus episode of Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding. Yvette investigates, and this month's investigation is all on what was allegedly the most haunted house in England. In the rural village of Borley, it's the infamous Borley Rectory. This week, our bonus episode is available to all, but if you want to listen to other bonus episodes, you can find out how at www.paranormalpod.co.uk. That's www.paranormalpod.co.uk. In this investigative series, we will discuss one of the biggest investigations by the famous Harry Price, as we talk to experts and those who have visited the site in recent times. So sit back and try to relax as we explore the unsettling story of Borley Rectory. What is Borley Rectory? Well, Borley Rectory was built in Essex in 1863, but became famous in 1929 for being the settling for unsettling horror stories. But we'll get into that a little bit later. The rectory has been occupied by two previous vicars, both of the Bull family, before Smith took up residence in 1929. It was erected on the site of at least two previous dwellings. One summer night in 1929, the Daily Mirror journalist V.C. Wall waited with a photographer in the woods behind Borley Rectory in Suffolk. Although they did not see the ghostly nun or the spectre of the silent coach and horses reported by others, they did see a light in the rectory. When someone went inside to investigate, no light was visible, yet Wall and the photographer could still see it. On the 11th of June 1929, the psychical researcher Harry Price reads Wall's report and within a few weeks, his investigation had begun. But we'll find out more about this infamous study in the next episode. Since Borley Rectory's demolition, many suspect the haunting was either exaggerated or completely fabricated. The reported phenomena included the appearance of a nun, a phantom coach driven by two headless horsemen, audible phenomena and words being found scrawled in the walls. I'm going to read to you now a few pages taken from Ghost Hunters, a guide to investigating the paranormal written by myself, Yvette Fielding and Dr Kieran O'Keefe. So we'll begin right at the very beginning. 
if, for example, you broach the subject of poltergeists to them, scientists, they will murmur something about an outrage to common sense and gross superstition, forgetting that all scientific progress is from the outrageous to the commonplace and that often the superstition of today is the science of tomorrow. A quote by Harry Price. The haunting of the Borley Rectory is undoubtedly one of the most famous and written about in Britain, as well as the most controversial. The investigation was conducted between 1929 and 1948 by Harry Price, founder and director of the National Laboratory of Psychical Research in London and renowned ghost hunter. According to Price, Borley was the best authenticated case in the annals of psychical research. Price's findings have been heavily criticised over the years and many people believe that the rectory was never haunted at all. They put all the phenomena down to trickery, misinterpreted natural phenomena and Price's intense desire to investigate a haunting. The sheer volume of sightings and experiences, however, by independent witnesses suggests that although many of the phenomena were not paranormal, a percentage remains which, even today, can still be seen as inexplicable. The tiny parish of Borley is located in a desolate, sparsely populated area of rural Essex, about 60 miles northeast of London. It's a lonely place and would be largely forgotten were it not for the fact that it was once the location of a rectory that became known as the most haunted house in England. The rectory, a gloomy and unattractive three-storey red brick building, was built in 1863 for the Reverend H.D.E. Bull and his large family. According to legend, for which there is no historical documentation, the rectory was built on part of the site once occupied by a medieval monastery, where a tragedy had taken place. There are a number of versions of the story. One was that a 13th century nun from a nearby convent tried to elope with a lay monk from Borley. With the help of another lay monk, they made their tragic escape one night by horse and coach. They were captured. The nun was interred alive in one of the monastery walls and her lover was hanged. The fate of the accomplice was unknown. According to another version, the nun was interred and both men were hanged. A different, less romantic version has it that the nun and her lover did escape, but they argued and he strangled her in the monastery grounds. He was later hanged. Yet another version replaces the monks with grooms, but they had the same unlucky fates. There were also the screaming girl theory, not widely believed or supported by any evidence, that shortly after the rectory was built, a young girl was seen one night clinging to the windowsill of the blue room on the second floor. She fell to her death. In 1892, the Reverend Bull died in the blue room. Harry Bull then took over from his father until 1927, when he too passed away in the blue room, now with a reputation as the most haunted room of the house. According to local law, the entire building was haunted and villagers avoided it after dark. After a year in which the house stood empty, the Reverend Eric Smith and his wife, both professed sceptics of the paranormal, moved in. Previously, 12 clergymen had turned down the post. The Smiths lived there for three years, after which, in October 1930, the Reverend L.A. Foister and his wife, Marianne, moved in and stayed for five years. 
1937, after the Foisters had moved out and the rectory had been empty for two years, the property was leased to Harry Price for a whole year and the results of his investigation were published in his book, The Most Haunted House in England. The rectory was gutted by fire in 1939 and damaged beyond repair. The ruin was finally demolished in 1944. Now, this week we're joined by writer, director and producer of many movies and recently award winner for his new film, The Ghosts of Borley Rectory. Welcome to Steve Smith. Here he is. I am absolutely amazed and I'm so excited because, of course, I've just discovered uh, while we've been chatting privately on the phone, Steve, uh, that we in fact have investigated a haunted house together. Uh, Yes, we have. And uh, we had lots of things that happened there. And uh, that was a really memorable evening with you and Carl and Stuart. And it was lovely because things were happening and the knocking phenomena and things like that. And I always love it when professional people, you know, and, uh, you know, people that sort of can look, not that you were looking down your nose at us at all, but it's it's somebody that can go, look, it's real, it's real, it really does happen. And then you go back and go, oh, my God, yes, it's real, you know. That was the thing that when I was hearing the footsteps and the sounds, I was I was saying to myself as a producer, how is this? This is not possible to create. This is this is genuine, because the interaction was genuine. There was no rhyme or rhythm to it. It was as and when it happened, it happened, and the communication that we had with whatever was there was purely genuine. And I I myself. I'm fascinated by the paranormal. So to actually come on board something and have that experience with the people that I've seen on TV and have it right next to me was a very unique and amazing experience. I've, I'm a believer. It's just that that was more of an enforcement of my belief. And anybody who is sceptical out there of that things happen, they have to open up themselves to what, is around them. Otherwise, they won't experience that that feeling because it's an amazing feeling to think to yourself, well, actually, you could be communicating with something that's two or three hundred years old or even older. And if only we could find a way to communicate with them even more because you want to ask them questions and you want to you don't just say, is there anyone there? You want to, you want to find out who they are, what caused them to be staying where they are. And, you know, because we're all on that question of what happens next, aren't we? What happens in the afterlife? And they may have the answers. Yeah. And most people that listen to this show and know me, they'll know that I have an emo- the most amazing relationship with my father who, uh, you know, has passed on. I don't know if I told you this, Stephen, I met you, but... You know the knocking phenomena. He will come. He will knock through, and give me advice. Um, and I've even got to the stage now where I'll say to him, "Do you fancy watching a movie, Dad?" And I'm not kidding. He'll knock out, and they're mostly Clint Eastwood movies. I'm not kidding. And the last one was I was like, "What? What? What? What is this?" I couldn't work out what it was. And it was Carl that put the the letters together, and it was the Magnificent Seven. Well, I'd never seen that movie before, um, and uh, so I down, downloaded it on Amazon, and um, then it was Magnum Force. And then it was the next one after Magnum Force. I can't remember. And most people will look at me and go, oh, my God, she has lost the plot. 
But I'm telling you, hand on heart, that is the absolute truth. And I feel the knocking underneath my feet. It's absolutely incredible. And I know I am so blessed. Anyway, we digress. Let's get on to this amazing story of Borley Rectory. So why did you choose to film this particular piece? I live in Essex and I visited Borley Church when I was very young and had an experience. And I think that's where it kind of started. Um, I don't know how old I was. I must have been sort of 10 or 11. But ever since then, I've always been interested in the paranormal, the unknown, the what's what's in the corner of your eye, the senses. And those senses have built up over the years to knowing if I go to a place, whether it's haunted or not. And it's just an instinct. It's almost like you know there's something there. Borley was something where even people like Ed Lorraine Warren of the Conjuring fame would visit regularly from America. They would come over to the UK. Sort of every couple of years, they'd always go to Borley Church. The phenomenon around Borley Church is that, and, and the rectory, is that because the rectory burnt down in 1938, there's no building to actually investigate. So there's no modern way of investigating what happened and the stories of Harry Price and Marianne Foister, and the Ball family prior to Harry Price investigating, there's no real way of investigating what they did uh, because there's no building. And I imagine that, you know, most haunted would have probably gone there by now if it was still there. But the fact that it's not there is probably why it's, it's such an infamous case. And I was just totally fascinated. So I... I said to myself when I was make, started making films that if I was ever going to make a ghost story, I wanted to make it about Borley. And in fact, I've actually made two films about Borley. Um, so there is so many things in there that are juicy, so many juicy stories from the past that it's like a tabloid. You know, it's like you've got affairs, you've got babies being supposedly locked up, in, bricked up in walls. You've got all these kind of whole headless horsemen and it goes so far back. With They believe that the rectory was originally built on, the very first rectory was originally built on what was a monastery. Um, and that goes back as far as sort of the 1500s. So there's always been sightings. And even when we were filming um, near to Borley, we found a house that was virtually the same as Borley. It was just white brick, not red brick, literally a mile away. And the man that owned the house, very old, eccentric man, was telling me stories of how even when he was young, his dad used to hide in the bushes by Borley. And as a ghost on Halloween, he'd jump out and scare people. The, the history of Borley goes back generation upon generation. And we found that people would go up there, who are now in their 60s or 70s, they would have gone up there as children and remember the myth and the story of it. So. It's kind of gone gone like that, and it's been, there's been more books written about Borley than any other ghost story. So that's what made me think, well, I'm going to make this movie. Um, and I'm one of these people that's a doer. So if I say I'm going to do something, I get it done. So we've ended up with two movies. So the two movies, do they? is it, is it sort of part one, part two, or is it just two movies from different angles? It's two movies from different angles. The very first movie, we didn't have very much money, so um, we had to do a different perspective from it, which was kind of away from Borley. 
the second movie, we were able to spend a bit more money. We had Julian Sands, who's famous for um, several films, including A Room with a View and Warlock. We had Toya in the film, which is fabulous. Lovely lady, We had yeah. Chris Ellison was in The Bill, who sadly isn't very well at the moment. And we had um, The Sixth Doctor, which was Colin Baker um, in the film. Oh, sh- oh, wow. Which was fantastic. And it was amazing because we had this scene that I wrote specifically, because we still didn't have much money, but specifically wrote this scene where they're all around the table together. Um, and we shot in a house in Devon, the inside was almost identical to the way Borley would have been in 1937, which was virtually derelict. Um, and the amazing thing was that that was even more haunted than Borley, that particular house. So we had lots of strange experiences down there as well. So as we're filming... Tell us about that, because that was going to be one of my questions, is, where you know, did anything spooky happen to you whilst you were filming? Well, so we shot at a place called Poltermore House, which is near Exeter. They won't mind me telling you this. The place is almost completely abandoned, but they're trying to renovate it. So they had a bit of money. They managed to secure the the roof. And inside, you've got a series of rooms, some that are, are you know, been done, others that are virtually derelict. But what we had was we had some people there who were close to the energies of, 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 of the house and knew the past. And it has had so many things. It used to be a, uh, during the war, it was for soldiers who were recouping, who were injured. So there was a lot of death there. It was uh, for a convalescence home for people. It was then, uh, there was a section that was maternity wards. You had births. You also had good things. Um, but it go, it went back, well, the house goes back to the 1700s. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. 
That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. But we, we've actually videoed something which we think we can see the feet underneath a curtain, which I'll send you. Um, and there's no one else there, and the curtain's moving like someone's pushing it. You can actually, we think you can quite see two feet. Um, and there was, yeah, we just, I just, I felt every time I was in front of the monitor watching a take, that suddenly all of these things came to watch. And they weren't horrible. They weren't nasty. They were just intrigued in what we were doing. And I felt that, like I was sitting there in front of the monitor and I felt as if there was another 20 eyes on me behind, you know, just like, oh, that's that's fun, that's interesting. And then they'd all go away again until the next take. And we had people hearing things, voices, noises, and generally some of the crew were spooked out because they thought we were playing tricks when, in fact, we weren't. <laughs> so, yeah, so generally we had that feeling of a creepy old haunted house while we're filming a movie about a creepy old haunted house. That adds to the whole atmosphere, doesn't it? And it helped the actors, I suppose. I I am assuming that you perhaps shot a seance scene or... Yes. And and did anything happen during that? Did you hear any strange noises or any of the actors get a bit freaked out? Well, that's the interesting thing. So Toya was incredible. She came and played Estelle Roberts. I mean, Estelle Roberts was famous for very being... a medium in the 1930s, I think, 2030s. And she even played to the uh, Albert Hall in front of an oh, audience wow. in Albert Hall with her oh, doing amazing, her seances and things like that. Um, so she played her very, very, you know, what it's like. She's just amazing. Um, and we did a seance that was, you know, obviously in the script, but we had sounds. So there are sounds mm. in our film that are genuine sounds. Oh, that's so where fascinating. I was like, so, so somebody was doing, making a sound, but then in between there would be the odd sound that we weren't doing and the actors are responding to it because we shot this movie in a way where we could shoot, sometimes shoot a whole scene in with, with sort of multiple cameras so you could then get them acting like it's on a play. So they wouldn't necessarily have to cut. So so they were then reacting to the sounds. And a couple of times they weren't me <laughs> making the sound <laughs> as the director. Um, and afterwards they freaked out. A couple of the actors freaked out. Toya loved it. Um, and, yeah, it was, it was genuinely fun. We'd shot there before, so it was almost – we shot there for a different movie. Um, but this time it was very, very kind of – it was a warm feeling. It wasn't a horrible feeling. There was one nasty entity that we felt was upstairs, but we kind of said, and you know on these things, you have to say, you know, please, we're not not harming you here to harm you at all. Please leave us alone to do what we're doing and we'll leave you alone. And and that kind of calmed things down after the first day. But we would regularly have bulbs going. We would regularly have... A gust of wind when it wasn't a windy day. Cold right, spots. Brilliant. Yeah. You know, we were filming in the summer. <laughs> and and we would suddenly get this freezing cold spot where we were standing and the actor would stop and go, I'm 
what's happening? It's cold. Really cold. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Do you think it sort of affects some of the actors? Do you think it sort of, I mean, you often hear, I know this is a completely different movie, but like the Joker and, and, and how mentally, you know, you have to sort of really get into that part. And if you're playing somebody that's not particularly nice or, you know, that's, that's got a dark side to them, it can, it can actually affect the actor. So, I mean, if, like you just mentioned, you know, you're filming about, you know, a, the, the most haunted house in England. And here are your actors. And I know Toya, she's very, believes in all of that. And, you know, she lives in a haunted house herself, doesn't she? And she's very into it all and very, very, you know, spiritual. And and I suppose, you know, after working for, uh, you know, in that situation, it, it <laughs> you could have, you were very lucky. You could have had some of the actors going, I'm not going back in there. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Freaked out. <laughs> but you see, but you see, I think that's the thing. When you rehearse, I mean, if you have a method actor, and Toby, who is our lead, is a method actor, it affects him more because he believes he stays in character. So he was playing Harry Price, and Harry Price is an investigator. So for him, he just was playing Harry Price and if the ghosts were there. But obviously, if you've got other actors who come in and out of character on ta- on action, there can be the moment where they will they will get a little bit intimidated. I know that we were shooting something previously at the same house and one of our extras wouldn't go in the house after we shot. Um, <laughs> they had a child with them because we were doing some sort of zombie creature film. And the, the child was very much more, no, it's fine. It's fine. With the house is okay. <laughs> and the mum the mum was like, okay, I'll go in with you. So it. I don't think... Yeah, it, I think I think as you know, when we, when you go to these haunted places, there can be one or two nasty things there. This place seemed as if there was a lot more nicer. I mean, you you were saying, weren't you, earlier on that you know it was you lived in in Essex. You, from being a, a young boy, believed in, in the in the paranormal. After researching all about Harry and and his investigating. Um, do you think this is the one main question that I'm asking a lot of people? A lot of people after his death decided to sort of take umbrage with him really and say that he'd faked a lot of it. And do you believe in that or do you think how dare they and what a load of rubbish? I think that Harry was a showman, very much like wanted to be maybe in today's society a bit like Darren Brown. But I don't think it was just him that was faking things. I think Marianne Foister, who was living there with her husband, Lionel, if I just give you a little bit of background on that. So Lionel was the the vicar, and he was 25 years, 20-something years older than her. In fact, he baptised her as a baby. Uh, And when she she married him, it was quite good for a few years, but he got suddenly in his 50s, he he started to get arthritis, he was in a wheelchair, and there is a famous picture of him in a wheelchair. So there's a kind of... I may have say this, but there was kind of a sexual repression by Marianne and a, an attention thing, and there was a there was a man that worked there that supposedly she had affairs with with a couple of men that were labourers, and yeah, I think she may have over over um, egged everything so that she could get some attention. Of course, then when Harry Price is sent to investigate, Lionel is very much like, no, there's nothing here. Marianne is more, I think there is something here. So I think some of the things, there's a famous picture of, um, there's a couple of famous pictures of, of like 
nuns and a brick being flown, which were later on, they were probably faked. Um, but I think at the time, I think at the time, things like, well, actually, if we go back before Marianne and Harry Price, the Ball family and the, sis- the daughters, he had a few daughters, they all witnessed things. And this is 50 years before Harry Price was even born and Marianne was even born. So there is genuine paranormal activity in that area. And I do feel that Marianne probably saw the nun. I do feel that Harry Price felt something. Um, I do feel that potentially things like the writing on the wall, there was a, there were words like Marianne written. Uh, there was a skull found in a cupboard. Um, those kind of things could have been faked by Marianne very easily. But then if you, if you talk about the other people that are in the house, they experience things. I imagine that Lionel experienced things, but his reaction is what it is in our movie, which is that he is there for the community and he doesn't believe in any of this, so he's going to put it to one side. But apparently he did say that he saw the nun in the window in a later recount. So, yeah, I mean, the story is true, but it's been embellished and it's been sensationalised in the way it would have done in the 1920s and 1930s. Sadly, it, sadly, it burned down, but, but I, wish, I wish someone had looked after it better and, you know, and that's another story. It's probably an insurance. Yes, insurance I'd heard thing. that. I, you know, it sounded a bit dodgy to me. What's your favourite part of the film now when you look at it as a, as a, as a finished product? Well, I think I'm very happy with with the structure. I wish we still, again, I wish we had more money to do more things with it. But I love, I love the way that the the cast interacts with each other. I love the trying to keep to some of the facts of what what, what actually happened. There is a diary of information that's been written out by a couple of novelists of, uh, who have very well-known people who are in the field, they're academics in the field, and they've kind of given a diary of information that was written down because Harry Price wrote everything down, whether anything happened at all. I kind of had to take that information and condense it into a movie. So, for example, we had one person helping Harry Price, uh, but in fact he probably had about 20 or 30 over the year Again, we're kind of altering things slightly with the movie, but still giving the feeling that they probably experienced. When does it come out here in the UK? So it's out already. It was actually out on October the 11th last year. So it's available on uh, Amazon. It's available on Sky Store. It's available on all of those platforms. It's released in America as well on, on digital platforms. And as I said, it was released today. It's in cinemas in Russia. There's a few other places it's going to go to. But with the with having the pandemic, it has taken longer to release films and get them done, as, it, as everything is. Well, I and everybody listening will be just um, chomping at the bit uh, to watch it. I will probably try to perhaps watch it with just a big crowd watch the of people. I'll just- watch the trailer, but then I'll have to watch it in the daylight with a cushion in front of my face. <laughs> You, Carl, and 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 what was what's your your dog's name? Mary, 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 Mary my, oh, Watson, Watson. All of you. Oh, Mary, Mary and Watson. <laughs> <laughs> your dog's not called Mary. Mary you got a, you got a daughter called Watson. 
Uh, that made me laugh. Yeah, my friend just called you a dog, but don't let that worry you, Mary. It's fine. <laughs> She's lovely, Mary. We loved Mary. Uh, we loved her when she did the investigations yeah. with you. We just looked at her and we said, it's, it's a vet. Oh. It's a vet when she was younger. I know. We are so fr- – we sound the same. And honestly, it, it, she's an absolute joy, that girl. She woman, young woman now. She really, really is. And, uh, yeah, and the three of us, honestly, we've – Carl's built a little, a little shed here in the grounds, and we go in there and do seances, and we get the tapping and the knocking, and the three of us just sat there. Anybody looking from the outside, I go, they're a really weird family, but we love it. Yeah, but there's nothing <laughs> wrong with being weird. Who wants to be normal? Who, what is normal? Exactly. And like I say, uh, the film The Ghost of Borley Rectory uh, is out now. Uh, and there's loads of other movies that Steve has also uh, produced, directed and written. Uh, check him and his movies out. They're amazing. Thank you so much, Steve, for joining us. I really, really appreciate it. And thank you very much. Uh, and yeah, I hope all of your listeners have gained a little bit of knowledge. Thanks for listening to this episode of Yvette Investigates. Stay tuned for the next episode where we'll be finding out more on Harry Price's investigation and what other ghost hunters have found when visiting the site. We'll be back again next week for a bonus episode. In the meantime, stay up to date with the newest episodes every Thursday by giving us a follow. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please rate and review. Don't forget, as always, if you want to get in touch with us to suggest another subject for investigation, or have you had a paranormal encounter yourself with a ghost, extraterrestrial or something unexplained? If you have, then send us a voice note into this address, paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com. That's paranormalactivitypod activitypod at gmail.com and you could be featured on the next episode. You can also get in touch on WhatsApp where you can send your voice notes into this number 075-999-27537. That's 075-999-27537. And we're on Instagram and the address there is at Paranormal Activity Pod. That's at Paranormal Activity Pod and on Facebook under the same name. And as always, remember this very important statement. Things aren't always as they seem. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. 
If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.